Lord, as we reach out to you today, we ask you to move in this service. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking. And we ask it in thy name, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. You appreciate the Lord today? Lift your hands and give Him a good praise, and then y'all can go ahead and be seated. I'm just excited about what God's doing. I am. I'm excited about it. And I don't know uh, how many of y'all on Facebook or if you saw what I posted here about two weeks ago, but I was preaching to Africa, and it's been two, three weeks might have been a month. I don't think it's been a month. But I was preaching to Africa one Wednesday morning. And while I was preaching, the Lord took me out in the Spirit. And I saw a spirit of prayer hit people in America. Did you see my post, Sister Pat? And I saw the Spirit of the Lord get on people in prayer. And I saw them start burning all over their body. It's like literal fire was on them. And I've seen God take them into a realm of prayer they've never been in in their life. And I've seen people praying all night. I've seen people praying all night, part of the next day, just hours on end in that burning. They, I mean, it's just like a literal fire in their flesh. And I've done had two people call me. One lady comes to church here. She couldn't be here today. She was on her way to work the other morning. And she has to drive about 45 minutes to work. She said, I was driving and I was praying. And she said, it just started burning all over. All over my face, down my neck, down my shoulders. And she said, you know, she's at that time, she said, I thought I was just having a hot flash. She said, but I realized this wasn't a hot flash. And said, right before her eyes, the Scripture appeared. And said, this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. And she said, then a line went through Prophet Joel. And she said, this is that which is spoken by Apostle John. And she said, I, I've never felt the fire like I was feeling it. And she said, I had to be careful. She said, I'm driving. And then a, a pastor up in uh, North Georgia called me the other day. He said, I was in a church service. He said, I wasn't preaching. He said, I was just there visiting. He said, I was on the front row, had my hands up, praying. He said, and I started burning from my fingertips all down my arms. And he said, a couple of days later, I saw where you talked about this fire. He said, this is that new thing, isn't it? I said, you better believe it. See, God's been telling us he's going to do a new thing. We can't get our minds out of what we've been in and what we've learned and Everything that's behind us, and it's like we're stuck in religion. You want God, you're going to get out of religion. You're going to get out of religion. You're going to get into what God's wanting to do, or you're going to miss this. I've chased this for 50 years. Ain't no way I'm missing it. I ain't going to miss this. I don't fit in religion. I ain't never fit in religion, and I ain't going to start now. I remember when I first got saved and started studying the Word, and I'd go to people in the church that had been serving God a long time. I said, look, I said, explain this to me. I said, this is what God's telling me. No, that ain't what that means. And they tried to tell me what they'd been taught. I said, that ain't what God's telling me. They said, well, God's telling you wrong. I said, uh-uh. And tried to get me off in doctrine. I got one doctrine. If y'all want to know what I believe, we got doctrine book that's on that table back there. You get it, and you study them out. It'll take you weeks to study out the Scriptures that we put together. Six of us got together Labor Day weekend three years ago, or two years ago, before we went to Africa, and we put this doctrine book together. My wife said, we ain't going over there. These people are going to know what we believe. Most missionaries go to the mission field. They'll go in churches. And all they preach to people is salvation. Why are you preaching salvation to people that's already saved? But that's all they do. They go preach salvation. They don't help people one bit. I've been teaching these people how to walk with God. And God is bore witness to this Word. we got a testimony. and Some of y'all may have seen it on our page of a, a, a lady and her husband, their son. They come to a little old tent meeting, put up a little old bitty tent, probably about 
half as big as this church. 2.30 in the afternoon, I, I went and preached in a little old bitty tent. Had about 25, 30 people. Had almost as many chickens as I had people. Chickens out there walking around, pecking the ground. I had almost as many chickens as I had people. And this man come up, wanted me to pray for his son. He had, uh, I think his son's like 16, something like that. So he's had sickle cell anemia since he's eight years old. And there's no cure for sickle cell anemia. And so I asked him, I said, your wife here? He said, yeah. And he called his wife up, and I took him by the hand and prayed for him. And I took one of these prayer cloths that I preach with and keep in my pockets when I'm preaching. I keep them on me all the time because I never know who I'm going to run into. I've usually got two or three of these in my pocket every day. But the Lord told me back in 93, he said, I'm giving you the same ministry I gave to Apostle Paul about these prayer cloths because I tied one around a young lady's leg that broke her bone, this main bone in half. About three days, God totally healed her. She went and had the cast cut off her leg. But I gave him one of these prayer cloths and told him, I said, go put it in some where your bed sleeps. I got the report in two days, Sister Gail, that their son was completely whole. And we got all kind of testimonies over there. One lady got healed of AIDS. And we had a, a, a lady just testified in one of our Zoom meetings. I don't remember what she testified about, but she said, I prayed for her and God totally healed her. She was a Muslim. And she converted to Islam to Christianity when God healed her. Caused 20-something people in that village to turn to Christ. Why? We've got to bear witness. We've got to bear witness that Christ has taken His abode in us. It's not Christianity and just believing a doctrine. It's coming to that place where Christ can become formed in you and that you can put on His mind and His nature, His wisdom and understanding. What did Paul say in Philippians 2 and 5? Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus, that's the resurrected man. You say Jesus Christ, that's the man before the resurrection. You say Christ Jesus, you're talking about the resurrected Christ. He said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus, let it be also in you. And people walk around talking about the mind of Christ, and they're just as carnal, caught up in the world. Let me tell you something. You get the, you get the mind of that man, Christ Jesus, you ain't going to want nothing to do with this world. You ain't going to want nothing to do. And it's time for us to quit trying and start training. Start training ourselves. Start learning to give ourselves to the working of the Holy Ghost that we can become a witness. You know, we come to church, we get all spiritual. We out there in the world every day of the week, a lot of times our mind don't even think about God. Don't even think about God. But we got to train ourselves. See, I don't care where I am. I don't care what I'm doing. I can get woke up at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning with a phone call. And the Spirit of God move on me. I can pray the prayer of faith somebody get a miracle coming out of a dead sleep. I can be at a gas station and somebody recognize me and ask me for prayer. And I can pray the prayer of faith for them right there. I don't have to be in the pulpit. I don't have to be in a church. We've got ourselves so conditioned for God to move when we come to church. What about God moving every day? What about God being God every day of the week? He needs to be God every day of the week. Amen? He needs to be God. In your life, that you can be a witness. It doesn't matter what you learn. It's what, you, what, what you're doing with what you learn. You can quote the Bible backward and forward. You can know how to serve God, but are you serving God? That's the thing. And I know we all got responsibilities. And there's certain things we have to do. And, 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 you know, we have to work jobs in different situations. I understand that. But we cannot let that hinder the main purpose we've been called for. The main purpose. And when I was 19 years old, I gave my life to the Lord. That's 50 years ago. I'm fixing to turn 70 years old, and I've been serving God 50 years. And I 
turned loose of everything. I could have had good jobs, insurance, retirement. I turned loose of it all so I could go and preach and do what God called me to do. Because I didn't want anything hindering me. Man, when I fell in love with Jesus, I fell in love with Him. And it changed my life. And I committed my life to do what God called me to do or where He wanted me to go. And I don't care. I don't, If God speak to me right now, I'd move to Africa and live over there and do what God's called me to do. And if that's what God says, that's what I'll do. Because those people over there, they're so hungry for God. It's hard to find hunger in America. It, it, people are so full of religion and so full of their self. And you preach to them now and... and They'll bow up at you because they got their own opinions and their own beliefs. It's hard to find people teachable that really want God to be real in their lives. Because they're set in their ways, so to speak. And they, they want to live for God. And they, want to, they want God to do what they want Him to do when they want Him to do it. Let me tell you something. God ain't your servant. God ain't going to move at your beck and call. So we got to stop trying. Start training. April, if you'll let God, God will totally transform your life. He will. You don't have to have anybody. You can learn to drive. You can learn to do everything you need to do and get around and serve God. You just got to give Him your whole heart. I don't care what you went through when you was little. It doesn't matter. God will heal your mind where you went through that tragic car wreck. God will heal your mind and give you confidence. You can drive and come to church and serve God. You can become a witness and a light. People need light. Amen? People need light. Right now, this whole world's walking in darkness. They're walking in dark. People don't know what to do. It's just like God spoke in uh, 2019, in that prophecy in April 2019. He said, I'm going to turn your government upside down. Y'all think our government's turned upside down? Yeah, God said, I'm going to turn it upside down. That's before anything ever comes about COVID. We wasn't in all this turmoil. Right now, everything's in turmoil. Everything's in turmoil. And I was thinking the other day, I said, people quit trying to, need to quit trying to be Republicans or Democrats or Independent. I said, let's get a party of common sense. Let's get somebody has got some common sense, sister. People need common sense. They will, somebody asked me, said, well, why don't people have common sense? I said, if it's common, everybody would have it. And I said, and they don't have it. People do not have common sense. But I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost will give you common sense <laughs> most of the time. But I'm, I'm glad to be here today. I really am. I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't get to come when we were scheduled to come those last couple of times. But my oldest daughter sold her house. And her and her husband, my two oldest grandkids, are living with us. And they got infected with COVID. So instead of me coming and exposing y'all, I had to cancel and, you know, which is okay. You know, I'd rather not come but take a chance on y'all. Me, I'm fine. I never had any symptoms. My wife never had any symptoms. My daughter did. And her husband did, but and the grandkids did, but we were fine. Y'all find out, I don't believe in getting sick. I don't. Jesus is the answer. Amen. I don't care what you're battling in your mind or in your body. If you'll stay with the Word, stay in dedication and seek God, somewhere God will bring you out. He'll bring you out. I don't care what you're battling. I don't care what you're dealing with, God will bring you out. Amen. He'll bring you out. I don't care if the doctor says there's no cure. Jesus is the answer. And He will bring you through. But I want to talk to you just a little bit today, and I'm going to get some scriptures here. And I told Brother Michael who got up this morning about 8 o'clock, I said, man, I ain't got any direction to go anywhere. <laughs> I said, Lord, better start talking. <laughs> so... I believe we're going to have a good time in the Lord. I believe we're going to enjoy what God's doing. And so I want you to go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 
43, and I'm going to read a few scriptures. And I hope y'all are as glad to be here as I am. Glad to be here, and it's good to see you. And you know what Brother Michael was talking about? I told him last night, I said, God spoke to me and gave me a word on you can't serve God in your emotions. And man is an emotional creature. We operate off of our emotions, and we make decisions off of our emotions. But you can't let your emotions govern you in your relationship with God. Because you do, you'll never, you'll never get anywhere. Because you'll always be looking at what somebody done to you, or what somebody said to you, or how somebody hurt you, or upset you, or didn't treat you right. You know how many people have quit going to church because somebody offended them or hurt them or upset them? You pray through over things. Your relationship with God is between you and God and nobody else. And if you let somebody's actions hinder you from walking with God, you're trying to serve God in your emotions. It ain't going to happen. You'll never get anywhere. You've got to focus on Jesus you got to set your mind on Him. And you got to strive to get His nature. The Bible teaches us that He can be formed in us. He can be formed in us. Paul said, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again. Paul was always praying for people and travailing in prayer. He said, till Christ be formed in you. We need Christ formed in us. We need to start seeking for Christ to be formed in us. Let this Holy Ghost that's in you do something. Instead of you toting it around every time you feel the Spirit of God, you talk a few words in tongues. Let this Holy Ghost put it to work. Let it start forming Christ in you. Amen? Let's start forming something in you that'll give you something to help people. I think I told Brother Mike was talking. I said, I said when this thing gets turned loose, I said we're gonna be so busy we ain't gonna know what our name is, and I believe that. I believe that. You know, when God sent me to Fort Payne back in two thousand, I was an evangelist. I used to preaching over three hundred plus times a year. I mean, I preached a lot. I was always on the road, gone. I'd have a two-week revival under my tents or somewhere, and I'd go home, stay home about five or six days, and then I'd go to another. There's times I wouldn't see my wife and kids five, six days a month. But I was so committed to that call. But God had to teach me how to balance things. I'm not recommending you do that, but I had nobody teach me how to balance. You've got to have a balance in your relationship with God. And the Lord took me to task one time. He started teaching me. He said, he said, I didn't marry that wife. You did. He said, she's your responsibility. He said, I didn't bring them kids in the world. You did. He said, that was your choice. Your choice to get married, your choice to have a wife, your choice to have kids. He said, You've got responsibilities. Quit putting them all on your wife. I mean, I can't tell you how many birthdays and special days and anniversaries and events with the kids I missed. Do I regret it? I regret not having more wisdom. But do I regret the souls and the sacrifice? No, not one bit. Not one bit. So. But we got to learn. There's a balance in your relationship with God. There is. There's a balance. You got family. You got to find that balance. You got to find how to balance your ministry and your calling with your natural responsibilities. And that's what should be taught. Should be being taught in churches. 
It's how to live a life that puts God first, but yet you've still got to take care of your natural responsibilities. But it's time right now to train yourself to be a witness, be a vessel God can use. Because you mark my words somewhere, and it ain't going to be long, this thing's going to explode. And I'm doing my best to be ready. Physically, because the Lord spoke to us back in April in prophecy. He said, get your health in order. You ain't going to go for God if you ain't got good health. You're not. You're not going to go very long. Because I'm going to tell you something. You get over in that heat in Africa, and you preach hour and a half, two hours a day, and, buddy, it'll, it'll put you down. I mean, you just like something just, just drains your strength out of you. And you can't travel 17, 18, 20 hours on a plane if you ain't in good health. Can you, Bonnie? I remember she went to India with what, 06? And she got off one of them planes, and buddy, her feet were swole. She was all swole up. And it hurt her physically. But you getting ready now. Because the Lord told her she's going to go. She's going to go. So I don't know how long God's going to use me. But I've been told the greatest work of God and the greatest ministry that God's got for me is ahead of me. And I've been in India and preached to 30 and 40 and 50,000. I've been in the Philippines and preached to thousands. South America. Man had a tent up down there. We went down there and preached in 86. He had 25,000 people a night standing under that tent and got open blind eyes, unstopped deaf ears, healed all manner of sickness, disease, crippled limbs. And that was 86. That's 38, 39 years ago that God done these things. The greatest move of God that the world's ever seen is just ahead of us. And I'm not looking back. Everybody wants to go back. And I was raised up under A.A. Allen, if you all know who he is. Had great miracles, great deliverance. Jack Cole, Oral Roberts. I was in a lot of Oral Roberts meetings when I was a little boy. I seen Oral Roberts unbuckle the, or have the mama unbuckle a brace off a little boy's leg. Had polio. He about nine years old. And I'm talking about one leg was that much shorter, Sister Patty. It wasn't no couple of inches. It was six, eight inches short. And I watched Oral Roberts take that little boy's foot in his hand, pray the prayer faithful, and hold it up next to the other brother Kenneth. And I watched that leg grow just like that. And he was smaller on one side of his body. You know, polio would make you smaller on one side of your body. That boy's body started filling out. I saw all that when I was a kid, Sister Pat. I was raised up under miracles and deliverance. I know my God's a miracle worker. But I don't want just know he's a miracle worker. I want him to work through me to be a witness and be a light. For his name and his honor and his glory to be revealed. God ain't giving you this to make a name for yourself. He's giving you this to declare his name. And to be a light to the world. And I'm going to tell you, whatever, whatever you're going to do for God, you're going to do down here. Because you ain't going to do it up there. It's time to get ready to do something down here. And don't y'all miss Bible study Wednesday night. I'm putting together a word on eternal life that's going to blow y'all's minds. <laughs> yeah, we have it on Zoom. If you want to join in, somebody will get you the... Okay, somebody will get, inf- get the information. Sister Patty, can you get the Zoom information to her? And it's at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, your time. I'm in Georgia. It's 8 o'clock my time, but... And my wife told me the other day, one of the pastor's wives in Africa contacted her, said, I want you to preach our Sunday morning service. She said, okay. She said, I don't mind. I said, you realize an 8 o'clock Sunday morning service is going to be 1 a.m. in the morning our time. She said, I don't care. She said, I got air conditioning. She said, I got good chairs. She said, I'm comfortable. I don't have to get on a plane fly 17 to 20 hours to get over there and burn up. She said, I'll preach to them. <laughs> I said, well, all right. It's not that we'll go. All we're waiting on is God to turn us loose. The only reason we haven't gone, God hadn't said go back. 
And I believe God's got a plan that He's going to give us something in the Holy Ghost that we've never had. And then we're going to go back and start turning the world upside down. It's time to turn the world upside down. Amen? It's time for Christ to be revealed. Preach that Word. And He said, you preach my kingdom. He said, I'll confirm the Word with signs following. Is that not what He said? Is that not what He done? When he poured the Holy Ghost out on the day of Pentecost, he said they went forth and preached the Word, and he confirmed the Word with signs following. Confirmed it. Open the blind eyes. And stop the deaf ears. Loose the dumb tongues. Heal the lame. Heal the lame. Hallelujah. We're fixing to do it again. I've been praying, do it again, God. He's fixing to do it again. And you can be a vessel He can use if you'll listen to me and start training and quit trying. Start training. It is good. Start training yourself. Quit trying to serve God and train yourself to serve God. Y'all know good and well we're all creatures of habit. You get in a habit every day of doing something and you get up you just instinctively do it. Well, get yourself in the habit of reading your Bible. Get yourself conditioned to pray. Get yourself conditioned to study the Word. First thing I do every morning I get up is I take my Bible and i got a devotional that I'll listen to. And I'll spend about two and a half, three hours studying and praying and reaching out for the Lord to speak to me, give me direction. I don't just want to do something. I want God's direction. I want God ordering my steps. God said, I'll order your steps in my Word. Amen? He said, I'll order your steps. And he also said, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Y'all know what the desires of my heart is? Souls. Souls. To be like him and win souls. I'd give my whole life to win souls. And I don't know how many years i got left, but I can tell you, I'm fixing to double down if God will let me. I'm going to double down and win more souls. Over there where we preach, like I said, you, you can preach to two or three thousand Go ten minutes and preach to another completely different two or three thousand. There's so many people over there. Africa's the largest continent. Out of the seven continents, it's the largest. I don't think it has the most people. I believe China's got the most people. But between China, India, and Africa, you've got about 50 to 60% of the world's population. And all of them need Jesus. Brother Michael started preaching in India uh, on about... 8.30, 9 o'clock on Tuesday nights, he'll preach Zoom meetings. But it ain't near the working of the Holy Ghost that there is in Africa. Because right now, God's chosen to visit Africa. And there's a working of the Spirit. My son called me yesterday, and he said, he said, I'm going to tell you something, Daddy. He said, I thought I had everything lined out to preach Uganda. And he said, I started preaching. He said, the Spirit of the Lord hit me, and the whole thing flipped. And he said, that thing shot off like a rocket. He said... For about an hour and a half, he said, the Word of God just flowed out of me. And he said, when I got through, he said, people started texting me, wanting the video, wanting the notes, wanting the Scriptures. So people hungry, they're going to get this move. They, America's not hungry. America will have revival, but she ain't going to have it right now. Just in, just in places. God said there'd be pockets of light in this country. Just here and there. I mean, I'm, I'm setting up home prayer meetings because there ain't very many churches want to hear a good word. They just want you to come shout them and make them feel good. I want some people hungry for the word. I want some people who got a desire to walk with God, that want to be a vessel that God can use. Not try to preach to somebody that knows everything. You give me a church full of sinners, and I can get more done than I can preaching to a church full of saints. You can, because they want something. They really want something in God. All right, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. And I'm going to start at verse 10. And I'll read a few verses, and then I'm going to jump over. Isaiah 43 and verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, 
Even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved. I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am He. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? All right, go over to verse 18. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I gave waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen, to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. All right, go with me to the book of Acts, the first chapter. And I'm going to start at verse 2 and read a few verses. Y'all there with me? Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. You know, people, if we're going to do anything, we're going to have to preach the gospel of the kingdom. We're going to have to preach the kingdom. And all these people out here preaching about natural wealth and natural possession, that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is Christ being formed in you, and you walking in His power and His authority and dominion right here on this earth. That's the kingdom. And that's what the Lord's trying to teach us. That we're going to put on His nature, His mind, His Word, His authority, and we're going to walk as He walked when He ministered on this earth as the Son of Man. We're going to walk as He walked. If you don't believe that, if you think everything, if you think you're just going to die and go to heaven and live forever, you just go right ahead. I don't want to go to heaven yet. There are too many souls and too many people need help down here. And why is God going to get all these preachers ready? What's God putting you through trials and tribulations and trying and testing you for just to snatch you up to heaven? No, He's getting you ready for ministry. He's getting you ready to be a vessel you can, He can use for His glory. He's got to have... You are His mouthpiece. You are His hands. You are His feet. Amen? You're the vessels He wants to use. Y'all think the Lord just called y'all to come sit on the church pew? Come once a week or twice a week and just sit here? Man, do something with all this stuff y'all being given. Do something with it. Take this Word and put it in action. And let God teach you how to be a vessel He can use. And being assembled together, verse 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. All right, I'm going to go to verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Y'all see that? He gave you the Holy Ghost to become a witness. He didn't give you the Holy Ghost just to shout and have a good time, run around talking tongues. He gave you the Holy Ghost because that's His nature. That's the nature that He had after the resurrection. And that's what He sent back to live in you. You would have His mind. His authority, His dominion, His characteristics. It's not about you. It's about Him. It's about Him living in you. It's about Him being formed in you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. 
Y'all see that? He said, I want you to be my witnesses. And that's what I want to talk to you on today. You're his witnesses. You're his witnesses. But he told them, he said, be still, stay in Jerusalem, and wait for the promise that God made you to come. I've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. I know I got an earnest or a measure of the Holy Ghost. That's what Paul said. He said, we've got an earnest, which is a portion. People have been taught they got what happened on the day of Pentecost. I'm sorry, you don't have the witness. You ain't bearing results. If you got the same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost, you better step up and start doing something. Because when them people got the Holy Ghost, man, they went out and started preaching, laying hands on the sick. Bible said the moving of the Holy Ghost got so strong that they had asked Peter, when you coming back town, which way you coming? And they'd line the streets with people that just the shadow of Peter would fall on them. And through his shadow, the sick would be healed. That's how strong the Spirit of God got in men like Peter and Paul and others. We've not had that. The Lord gave me an example one time, and, and I may have told you all this last time I was here. I know I've related it in a Bible study. But I, was had, I, I used to preach, and I had prayer lines. I pray for all the sick. Every night I'd just about pray for all, unless the Lord checked me. I'd pray for the sick almost every night, Sister Pat. And I mean, there's some ten meetings, I'd have a hundred people in prayer line. Have three or four hundred people in a meeting, have a hundred people in prayer line. And I was going down the line praying for people. And come to one uh, little lady, and man, she was all stove up with arthritis. Every joint in her body, Brother Kenneth, just hurt and ached, and she couldn't hardly move. And I started to lay my hands on her, and God said, Stop. Okay. I just stopped right in the middle. I just fixed put my hand on her. God said, Stop. I said, Okay, in my spirit. And I had big floodlights up on my center poles that shined down in the middle. The Lord said, Get her out there and get her in that floodlight. And He said, Let your shadow fall on her. He said, I'm going to heal her through your shadow. I said, Not my shadow, you ain't. And so I told the lady, I said, You just stand right there. So I was going down through there praying for these people. Me and God's having this conversation in my mind. I said, I'm going to go back there and pray for that lady, and you're going to heal her. He said, now, if you don't do what I said, I ain't. And I went on down the line. I looked back at that lady, and she's just in there just praying and waiting. I said, now, God, I'm running out of people to pray for. You're going to have to do something. He said, you go back there and get her under them floodlights and get her in your shadow, and I'm going to heal her. I said, I ain't doing it. And finally, I got down the end, and the Lord said, He said, you do what I tell you. I said, God, I don't have what Peter had. He said, how do you know unless you try? How do you know what I put in you if you don't exercise it? And then the Lord spoke to me, and He said, by the way, He said, that wasn't Peter's shadow. He said, that was my shadow. He said, I just used Peter's body. I said, well, why didn't you say so 15 minutes ago? So I walked back down there. I said, come with me, ma'am. And I moved her over and got her in them floodlights. Stepped right there where that light had hit me and my shadow had fallen. And I raised my hands and started praying. And you could hear them joints start popping. She had them in about three minutes. She had them hands up shouting and praising God. God showed me what He would do if we could just yield. It ain't my ability no how. It's not in your ability. I was praying for somebody one time, man, I had my hands on, I was straining everything in my body. I thought I was going to give myself a hernia. Y'all know how we do. You put your hands, God, in the name of Jesus. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to get this lady healed. He said, well, you got the power to heal her? I said, no. He said, well, you just preach the word and leave the healing to me. I said, yes, sir. I mean, I know God's given me gifts, but... I'm going to tell you something. If he don't move that gift and it don't work, ain't nothing happening. I had too many prayer lines. I'd be praying for people and God would be working miracles. Boom, 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 boom. And come somebody didn't have a lick of faith and it's like laying hands on concrete. Couldn't touch them, couldn't move them. So that the power's not in you.
The power's in people believing and the gift working. So the Lord's trying to tell us, you're my witnesses. I've chosen you. And after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, I'm going to give you power to be witnesses unto me. So you need to stop and examine yourself. What are you doing with your life? Are you just working? Laying up your retirement? Waiting till you get old enough to retire? And try to enjoy life? I'm going to tell you, I've seen too many people do that. And once they retire, I've seen them die. Never get a chance to enjoy anything. I've seen them just die. That's the reason I gave my heart to God at 19 and committed myself to do anything He wanted me to do, go anywhere He wanted me to go. And I've spent these 50 years fasting and praying and seeking God, trying to encourage people, trying to teach people, going all over the world. I used to go to India and spend 30 and 45 days in India and preach over there and have great crusades and miracles. But there wasn't no churches to shepherd the people. And I finally told the Lord, I said, I ain't doing it. What good does it do to win 15,000, 20,000 souls when you ain't got churches? I said, I'm not going to do it. We're going to get this thing turned around. Used to go preach tent revivals all over the United States. And when I get ready to close the meet down, I'd have people come to me. That God had healed them or delivered. I said, Brother Matter, now where do we go to church? There ain't nobody preaches like you. They nobody's got word or healing and deliverance that we've been under these last 21 days. Where do we go to church? It's not out there. It's hard to find somebody that can teach you and preach the word and have power of deliverance and miracles in their lives because everybody's settled down in religion. Everybody's gone to smoke and lights and mirrors and effects and praise and worship. You have an hour and a half of praise and worship and 15 minutes of preaching now. Or, or they'll put on a play, they'll put on a drama. I don't need that junk. I need the reality of God. People are looking for the reality of God, and they want God to be real in your life. That's all they're looking for. They want God to be real in your life. He said, you are my witnesses. I've chosen you. Somebody's got to go out there and declare that I am God and besides me there is no other. He said, I've chosen you to do this. And if you will give yourself to me, I will put my spirit and my word and my power in you that you can go forth and you'll be a witness. You'll be a witness to me. Let me tell you something. Somebody's sick and diseased or dying with cancer and you lay hands on them and God heals them, they don't care what you look like. They don't care if you're six foot two or four foot one. They don't care if you good looking or buck tooth and freckle faced, red headed. They don't care what you look like. What they care is they get a miracle. They care that God moved through you and brought deliverance to their that's all they care about. You go in the house on a hot day and you're thirsty and you turn that water tap on, that cold water starts coming out. You don't care what that pipe and that wall looks like. All you care about is that water that's going to quench your thirst. You go in a dark room, turn on a light switch, that electricity goes to that light. You don't care what that wire in that wall looks like. All you want is light. Is that right? Y'all understand what I'm saying? People don't care what you look like. Now, I believe in being presentable, but people ain't going to care if they're dying with cancer, if they're deaf, dumb, blind. They ain't going to care what you look like. All they're going to care is your vessel God can use. That's all they're looking for. Somebody say yes to Jesus. People make serving God way too complicated. Paul said there's a simplicity to the gospel. I preach the gospel simple. Now, if I get into Revelation of the Word, that's different. But most of the time I'm out here preaching like this, I don't get in the depth of the Revelation because people don't know. They can't handle it. They don't have the working of the Spirit. But now, when I teach on Wednesday nights, 
Sometimes I get into a revelation of the Word. You may not understand it, but just take it and float with it. Somewhere God will reveal it to you if you're hungry. But we've got to reach this place right now. We can be a witness. Says, Pat, your life ain't over. Your ministry ain't over. you got enough wisdom and knowledge and understanding in you that I don't know what God's going to do with you, but there's, there's people in Africa that would sit for hours to hear you exhort and teach. Because we've got this in us. Sister Pat, God's used her for 30 years or better. And that's what people are looking for. Somebody that can be used. Somebody just... Here I am. Do something with me. You can't do it in yourself. So he said, you're my witness. First you'll be a witness at Jerusalem, your hometown, then around your hometown, Judea. He said, then I'll send you to Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Y'all know what the Great Commission is? And y'all ever heard of the Great Commission? You know what people quote? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the Great Commission. No, that's part of the Great Commission. That's only part of it. You read Mark 16. You start at verse 15. It says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. He said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But he didn't stop there. He said, in my name, you're going to cast out devils. You're going to heal the sick. If you speak with new tongues, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. When Jesus chose His apostles, He said, I give you power over all sickness, all disease, all devils. Go cast them out. Go cleanse the lepers. Go raise the dead. But everybody wants to quote the Great Commission is. Go preach the gospel to every creature. Now, he said, if you go preach the gospel to every creature, if you go all over the world, he said, you're going to heal the sick, you're going to raise the dead, you're going to cast out devils, you're going to cleanse lepers. You're going to have power, you're going to have authority. Because if Christ is in you, he's going to come out. He's going to come out. You ain't going to put a governor on him and let him do what you want him to do. He's going to come out. He's going to reveal himself. And he's wanting you to know. You're my witness. You're my witness. You're my witness. I've chosen you. And if I want to send you all over the world, I don't care if you're afraid of flying. Oh, man, first time we got ready to go to Africa. Now, y'all may think it's crazy, but my wife's scared to death of flying. Her daddy was an airline pilot for 30-something years. Flew them kids all over the country, even to Hawaii. They got to go on vacations because airlines pay for it. Scared death of flying. You talking about a white knuckle flyer? We flew to South America in '86, and I went in there and preached in that tent. I was telling y'all about it. had about twenty-five thousand people a night, and that platform about ten foot high. We'd get through preaching, there'd be about five or six of us would back our backs up to that platform and people would come by the thousands to get prayed for. And she was standing there helping me. Next thing I know, she's laying hands on the sick herself and God's opening blind eyes and healing deaf ears. And for about two or three hours every night, there'd be about seven eight of us would lay hands on all the people that were sick every night. I've been all over the world. But when we flew to South America, oh my God. I thought she was going to squeeze my knuckles off a time or two. She just was scared down and she she finally she told the Lord before we was getting ready to go to Africa in twenty twenty. She said, You gotta do something. She said, I know you spoke to my husband to go to Africa, but you won't have to speak to me. I gotta have some peace. And he did. And the burden that she's got for them people, she'd get on a plane tomorrow and fly seventeen, twenty hours. So was Sister Patty, so was Brother Michael. To go over and preach to these people. Poor people, dirt floors in their houses, dirt floors in most of their churches, work for $20 a month, don't make a dollar a day. A lot of them don't even make a dollar a day. Get just enough to feed their families. But they'll sit for hours and listen to the Word of God, Brother Ken. They'll sit for hours. That's the reason I'm trying to do everything I can to help them. 
That's the reason back in March, the Lord spoke to me. He said, you get the Word. He said, you can't build these people unless you build them on the Word. He said, you get them Bibles. From the middle of March to the middle of April, right in there somewhere, might have been 50, 60 days, we raised money and put out a 1,000 Bibles in Kenya. That took almost $1,000 to get 1,000 Bibles in Kenya. And now we're fixing to do it again. i got people begging for Bibles again. Pastor, we got people saved. We need Bibles. I'm fixing to do it again. A Bible over there, if we buy them in lots of 50, it'll cost us $7 a piece. If we don't, they cost us 10 If we buy less than 50 So we buy them 50 at a time. A hundred is $700. So we... We, we raised almost $7,000 in 30 days and put 1,000 Bibles in Kenya. And I'm fixing to do it again because people need the Word. I have pastors everywhere. Y'all, y'all don't know what the text I get. Brother, I need a sound system. I need a cordless mic. I need a keyboard. And I'll text him back and said, people in your church got Bibles? No. I said, well, what do you want a keyboard and sound system and microphone for if you don't have the Word to teach your people? I don't ever hear nothing out of them. Get the Word and teach your people first. Teach your people the Word. Build them on the right foundation. Teach them the Word. Teach them how to serve God. And then preach the Word to them. I said, if y'all just take our doctrine booklet and you start teaching our doctrine book, I said, you could teach for six months out of that doctrine booklet. If you really get in there and study the Scriptures. If y'all don't have that doctrine booklet, I think there's some on the table back there. If I ain't asked somebody for them. And we're getting ready. Somebody, I had one of my ministers text me the other day. He said, we need 2,000 doctrine booklets in one of these areas where you went and preached. I said, tell me what it costs to get them printed, and we'll send you the money. I think it's going to be like $300 to get 2,000 printed. I think they're about 15 cents apiece. Our money. And that ain't bad. We're fixing to have 2,000. We just had 1,000 printed last month. Now we're fixing to have another 2,000 printed. Teaching them a doctrine they can live by and serve the Lord. Rachel, you studying that book? You studying the Scriptures? It'll teach you how to live right. It'll teach you how to walk with God. And six of us got together before we went to Africa, and we prayed and sought God and studied eight to ten hours a day and sat down and talked these Scriptures over for three days and put them down in a simple form that people could live by them. So if you want to know what I believe, i got it on paper. It's on our website. It's in that doctrine booklet. And it lines up, line upon line, precept upon precept, lines up with the Word of God. Lines up with the Word of God. You got one of them? Doctrine booklets? Study it. Teach it. You want to have a Bible study? Teach it. I started in hours with our Bible study group, I think, a month ago. And I don't think we've got off the first two scriptures in the last month. Because the Lord just keeps teaching and adding to. Teaching and adding to. And I'm everything you're going to do that's going to amount to anything in eternity, you're going to do it for God's Word and God's kingdom. You can stand before God and be worth $40 million and it ain't going to matter one bit. It's what you take and do for God. You're going to be judged according to the deeds in this body. You're going to be judged according to the deeds you commit in this body. Good or evil, you're going to be judged for them. I want to be found doing everything I can to get the gospel of the kingdom declared. Doing everything I can to help you, to teach you, to get you to grow, to get you to serve God. And I don't teach just by teaching. I try to teach by example. Y'all know when we first started come, uh, started this church back in 2000, I'd fell off the roof and had a severe back injury. Matter of fact, I still got a crushed disc in my back. Because once you crush them, they don't heal themselves. I got a crushed disc and a cracked disc in my back. My L1s cracked and my L5 is crushed. I don't live in pain. I don't have any pain at all. I do whatever I want to. Because God healed me. But when they x-ray me, that disc still crushed. 
I remember a lady hit me head on in the parking lot about five years after I fell off that roof and crushed that disc. And I had to go to the hospital because of insurance. And they x-rayed me, and that doctor come in there, and she said, you got a crushed disc in your back. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you don't hurt? I said, no, ma'am. She said, you ain't taking any pain medicine? I said, no, ma'am. She said, you don't have no arthritis? You don't have it? I said, no, ma'am. She said, how you do that? I said, God's good. I said, God's good. You don't move like I move with a crushed disc in your back. No, you don't. Say, God's good. God is good to me. He's a healer. He's a savior. He's a deliverer. I mean, I wore a back brace for a long time. I had to I had to start out walking on a walker. I was in a wheelchair for a little while. I stayed, I had a hospital bed put in my bedroom two months. I stayed in a hospital bed. I couldn't even sleep in my own bed. I had to have a trapeze to move myself. If I need to move, I'd grab that trapeze and I'd turn myself. And for two months, I couldn't even set myself up in the bed. My wife had helped me set up every morning. They was talking about doing surgery on me. I said, y'all ain't cutting on me. I done seen God do too many miracles. Y'all ain't cutting on me. He said, when we were sending you home, I said, send me home. And for two months, my wife would come in there and I'd, I'd roll on the side because this arm was fractured. Ribs was fractured. From the base of my spine down to my tailbone, I separated three quarters of an inch when I hit because when I went off that roof, I went 22 feet and landed on my stomach. And the doctor said, if there was a good way to land, he said, you landed the best way you could land. I said, why is that? He said, if you fell on your back, you'd have broke your back and been paralyzed. He said, if you'd landed on your feet, he said, you'd knock both hips out of socket. He said, if you'd landed on your head, you'd have killed yourself. He said, so land on your stomach. He said, it's the best way you could have landed. I said, well, I guess there's a good way. God done it. But I'm going to tell you, and I hit that ground. It hurt, and I bounced. People think I'm crazy, but I hit that ground, and I bounced. And it hurt. I ain't never felt pain like that in my life. Twenty-two and a half feet, flat on my stomach, boom. Fell off a metal roof. I was putting flashing on my garage at my house. Never really been on a metal roof. Done all kind of roofing with shingles. but And I had myself braced. And I was leaning over it, and my foot slipped. And it's just like going down a slide. Just pew. There wasn't no stopping it. But God did it to slow me down, change my life, change my ministry. That's when He changed me from being an evangelist, sent me over here to preach to folks. And if I'd known the fight I was going to be in when I got here, I'd have probably run the other way. But God's brought some good out of it, brought a lot of good out of it. So let's get ready to be witnesses. Amen. We started this church. I was here 15 years. And then the Lord told me to go somewhere else. And Brother Michael and Sister Patty, he told me to anoint them as pastors here. If you want somebody to teach you the Word, just come to the church, start listening, start learning. Start learning. Brother Michael's a good teacher. He'll help you grow. See, we don't start out knowing everything. We've got to grow. Amen? We've got to grow. But you've got to get ready for God to use you, for God to train you. Because every one of you can do something for God if you'll let God use you. You can. You can be a help. You can be a strength. You can be a blessing. Yeah, you can. But you've got to say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Amen? Send me. I didn't wait till I got 65 and retired till I started on my call with God. I started at 19. I started going and doing everything I was physically able. I've had offers of good jobs that I could have had retirement, insurance, benefits. I turned them every one down. Because I wanted to, if God said go here and preach, I wanted to go there and preach. Now, I ain't saying that's for everybody. But it was for me. It was for me. And I give it all to God, Sister Kathy.
He said, if you lose your life for my sake, you're going to find it. And I'm fixing to find life. I'm fixing to find the life of Christ and walk as He walked. Teach as He taught. Have miracles just like He did. I believe that. So let's set our hearts to be witnesses. Start asking God. Make me a witness. Just like the, they say the sun shines on the moon and the moon reflects light to the earth. Let's say, Lord, make me a reflection. Shine in me, Jesus. Make me a reflection. Let me be used for your glory. That's all I'm in it for. First went to Africa. I had one preacher over there. Man, we had some great meetings. Some of them churches. Matter of fact, first church we preached in, Brother Michael prayed for a woman who had a big gourd in her throat. That thing disappeared. I don't know how many miracles you had that day. Do you know? Had a bunch of them. He preached first service over there. And had all kind of miracles. And then we got ready to leave that area, and that preacher come to me. He had about 10 or 12 pastors gathered together and was meeting in the conference room in the motel that day, and I was going to give the pastor some instruction. He come to me walking in the meeting. He said, lift me up in front of the people. Lift me up in the eyes of the people. I just looked at him. I said, mm. that's all he wanted to be lifted up in the eyes of the people. I said, you talking to the wrong preacher. Because I'm not going to do it. I'm not going. It's not for you to be lifted up in the eyes of the people. That's what a lot of them get in ministry for over there. They want to be lifted up in the eyes of the people. But you got some that are hungry for God that want to help the people. We need to have a heart to help people. Amen. Not be lifted up in the eyes of the people. Help people. There's going to be lifting up. You let the Lord lift you up. He said, "You take the low seat. In due time, I'll exalt you." He said, "If you take the high seat, you're coming down." So, you let God do the lifting up. I don't care about being lifted up in the eyes of the people. I care to have the ability to help people. Amen. To help people. And it's like my daddy used to tell me. He said, son, he used to give me instructions on things. And I never would follow instruction. He said, that's all right. He said, experience is the best teacher. He said, you get out there and make the mistakes, skin your knees, bust your head. He said, learn the hard way. He said, experience will teach you. So after 50 years, I tell preachers, I said, I've been through enough. You listen to me, I can help you. You won't make the mistakes I made. Because, you know, Daddy lived to be 88. Wasn't he 88? He was somewhere 87. He had to live to December. Well, he just had his 87th birthday in December, and he died the following May. But he said, he told me right before he died, he said, you can't live this long and not learn something. <laughs> he said, even if by accident, he said, you go. And that's what I tell people. I said, you can't be in ministry and serving God 50 years and not learn something. So I, tell, I said, I can help you if you'll listen to me. I can help you. I can teach you. You won't make the mistakes I made. And I can teach you how to walk with God. And like I said, I don't try to lead by just teaching. I lead by example. Because like I was telling you, we started this church. I come in here. My back was still in bad shape. And I'd get on my knees to go to prayer. And I'd stay on my knees hour, hour and a half leading people in prayer. And somebody had to help me get up. That's when we first started this church back in 2000. But I was going to do what God told me regardless. It hurt too. I started out in a wheelchair, then a back brace, walking on a walker, walking on crutches. It's, I think I got hurt in February, and it was May before I could take that back brace off and walk on my own. But I'm going to tell you something. Every day my wife had set me up on the edge of the bed, and I had that elastic brace. And I'd grab that walker, and I'd push myself up, and I'd take that brace and tighten it. I'd take a step, let's say, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Take another step and say, I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. I mean, every step I took, Brother Kenneth, I quoted the Word of God and told the devil he is a liar. He'd never keep me down. 
I said, devil, I told you a long time ago, you ever got me down flat on my back, I'd kick you to death both feet. And, buddy, I kicked and I kicked hard. But God brought me through. God brought me through. And he told me when we started this church, he said, you got a gift in you. He said, you can have healings, you can have miracles. He said, but you build them people on the Word. Don't you build them on healings. Don't you build them on miracles. He said, because you just build that church and try to fill it up with miracles. He said, people ain't going to stay. He said, you build them on the Word. I've always preached the Word. Back in come years ago, I was preaching the Word. I've always preached the Word. And I'm going to keep preaching the Word. Because that's what builds people. Solid on the Word, one, one block at a time. You build people. You teach them. And I've taught you all how to pray by example. Amen. So it's time to take what God's give us. Start training. Do you love the Lord? I hope you appreciate this word today. God said, turn loose of the form of things. You know, people go to church, they go through the same form every time. Can you all say amen? Start service the same way, have the same song service, do the same people sing. If you go in church and pray and let the Spirit of the Lord lead you, service can completely around different. I've had people come to services because they didn't want to come for worship services, we call it, or song service, and I've had people come 30, 45 minutes late. I didn't be three-quarters of the way through the message because sometimes the Lord speaks to me. I just go out there and start preaching. We wouldn't have a worship service. I just go out and start preaching. It just depends on what the Spirit wants. Do you love Him? Let's quit trying and start training. Amen. Let's quit trying and start training. Let's ask God to bless this Word. Father, I thank You for Your Word, and I thank You for the working of Your Spirit. God, I pray this is giving people eyes to see and ears to hear where we're at. There's something big fixing to happen, Jesus. And I'm trying to get people ready for it. God, I don't know what's coming because you've never done this before. But I know there's a mighty move of your Spirit. And I'm doing everything I know to do to get us ready for it. We ask you to touch every life and heart in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'm going to receive an offering. And anything y'all can do, i got.